my name's Jody. I don't think that we've ever met before. I think that you might be um, my biological father. Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. Welcome to episode 121. Today I am speaking with Jody. Hi, Jody. Hi, Lily. Thank you so much for doing this with me tonight. Thank you. I'm so glad um, to be a part of this. And I just want to say thank you um, for having this platform and thank you to all of the other people before that have told their stories. It has helped me tremendously um, just in this journey. And knowing that I'm not alone in it. Right. So much gratitude for the people that come on every week and share their Mm -hmm. stories. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Okay, Miss Jody, we are going to listen to your story today. And we're just going to go ahead and get into it right away. I don't have any announcements. Uh, The format, feel free to change it however you want. But it's normally telling a little bit about your family of origin, whatever you're comfortable with. And then how you found out you were an NPE and and what life has been like since finding out. So I'm going to hand it over to you right now. Great. Um, So I was born in 1980. Um, I am the youngest of four. And there are quite a big age gap between the four of us in general. Um, So my oldest sibling um, is a sister and she is 17 years older than me. So they had one going out the door as I came in. My only brother is 13 years older than me. I have another sister that is six, six and a half years older than me. And then there was me. Um, So my parents had been married for about 17 or 18 years um, when my mom got pregnant with me. I did not find out for the, until I was in, I was 20 when I first found out. So, um, my childhood was, um, pretty normal. Um, I did not have any, um, inkling or, um, know that there was any difference between me and my other siblings. I was absolutely a daddy's girl. He was the person that I was closest to in the world, um, my biggest fan and supporter. And yeah, so I just never had any inkling. Um, Grew up um, with such age differences. Uh, I was almost an only child at one point. Um, I think I was about 12 when my sister moved out. You know, for the the last eight years of that, I lived at home um, as an only child. And Um, became an aunt at the age of five. And so um, childhood was pretty easy um, in the aspect of not knowing any difference, um, not having any feeling of like not belonging. Um, I never had a very close relationship with my mother, uh, but I just, 
I never knew why. Um, so growing up was um, good in all other aspects. Uh, my dad did get sick when I was about seven and he had some massive strokes and had to learn how to walk and talk again. And I actually lived with my oldest sister off and on for about a year during that time when he was in and out of the hospitals and in and out of um, really rehabilitation and learning how to um, develop his motor skills again. And um, just my mom trying to navigate that with two younger children. And then when I was 13, he was diagnosed with, or no, I was nine when he was diagnosed with cancer. And so just during my adolescence and um, teenage years, dealt with a lot of that and just his sickness. And um, he actually passed away when I was 20. Um, And so that was really kind of my childhood. Um, Again, just very close um, with with my dad, um, always spent a lot of time with him. He was at home after the age of seven. And so he kind of took on the caregiver nurturing. And that was really his personality where my mom was more of the disciplinary. Um, she was the breadwinner after that age span of seven. Um, and so he taught me how to cook and, um, we gardened and played in the yard and he taught me how to ride a bike. And again, just very close. Um, he was a very quiet man. Um, and so he didn't have a lot to say, but just really was good at loving and listening and, um, being supportive. So it was, it was really a a great experience, um, having him at home and being close to him and just getting those years, um, of quality time since I lost him at such a young age, it was definitely a heartbreaking moment in my life. And I hope no one ever has to go through that. I know everybody does have to you know, eventually at some point lose a parent or both parents. And, um, I think at 20, it was just a really hard, a hard experience that, um, I wasn't prepared for, but at the same time knew that he wasn't suffering anymore. And so I'm so sorry for your loss. Thank you. So I, I, looking back after I found out, I can see like a few little pieces of things that happened throughout my childhood that would later um, solidify like knowing. Um, I remember one time I was probably four or five. And again, you have to remember like the age differences in, in the siblings, but I had heard my oldest sister call my brother um, the word bastard. And I did not know what it meant. And I said it in repeat in the car and, or we were walking up the back steps of the house. And my dad was again, never a disciplinary person, but he just popped me right in the back of the mouth, um, and sent me to my room. And he came in a few minutes later and was so upset that he had, you know, like kind of popped my mouth. Um, and talked through like why um, none of his kids were that name and that I could never say that about any of his kids again, because at that point I wasn't saying anything bad about my brother. I was saying something bad about him. Um, And he just reminded me in that moment that all of his kids were loved 
and um, that he was there for them. And so that's something that I remember. One, I think, because that was the only time I think he ever disciplined me. Um, but again, gave me just that confirmation in it that I was loved um, and that I was his child. Um, sorry, I get a little emotional with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was definitely something I remember. And again, I had a really hard relationship with my mother growing up. And um, I was actually really glad um, after I found out it really it lit it calmed me and comforted me in knowing that it was nothing I had ever done. I think she constantly looked at me as a reminder of choices and decisions that she had made. Um, And I don't think she ever did it intentionally, um, but we just, we didn't have a great relationship. And at 11 or 12, I remember um, a big blow up happening um, as a preteen. And I asked my dad at one point to just divorce her and that we could move somewhere else. And he said to me um, that he wouldn't get me. And um, he said, your mom wouldn't let me have you. And I was like, no, I'm at the age where I would get to decide. And he just kind of said no and um, went on with you know, there wouldn't be enough money and those kind of things. And I tried to give him convincing reasons of why it would work. Um, and he just, you know, reiterated that he wasn't going to divorce my mom and that we would get through this. And it's just interesting after you find out looking back at those little moments and time and understanding the words and piecing it all together at that point. And then I think too, looking back, we were not close with his side of the family. Um, and any time that we would go over there, my mom wouldn't really go with us. It would just be me and my dad. And I remember hearing stories of how involved they were in my oldest two siblings' lives and not really in my life or my sister's life. Um, and so I think looking back at that, there was always that when I was younger, I don't know that I noticed it so much. Um, but then when I got a little older, and had heard the truth, I guess it was, it was an interesting feeling to know that I have had to receive the repercussions of decisions made by adults. And I was an infant uh, or a child or, you know, those things, it wasn't anything in my control and I didn't even know about it. And so I think it's interesting looking at it from that perspective, sometimes at at the people that hold the punishment and how that affects us. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And how we suffer a lot of the consequences for their actions. Yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And that's been something that I've really like tried to work through over the last year and a half, two years. Hope that I don't ever treat anybody because of somebody else's choices. Um because I know I often get very frustrated um, by that fact. And I feel like it's made me even more sensitive of a person because of it. Um, uh, I just, yeah, I get really frustrated by that fact. Did your mom have a similar relationship with your siblings the way she had with you? Um, I think it's interesting because I think at times there always has been um, 
a disconnect between her and different siblings. I think other times she's always found a way to connect with them more than she could ever connect with me. And so I read a book um, that I had found on one of the websites um, I'm on, on Facebook, um, but it was something about like emotionally, it's about being um, uh, emotionally incapable or um, I don't think it's unintelligent, but it's something along those lines. And it actually really helped me in like understanding that she wasn't emotionally able or capable enough to handle certain situations. Um, and that she never learned those coping mechanisms or maturity levels and had to, I think that she's always been a, a pretty selfish person and has thought about herself first um, without thinking about others. And so it's been, that book was helpful in just understanding that piece because I don't think I had ever really understood it until then. I think I need to read this book too. You get me that the name yes. of that book later before <laughs> I publish this and I'll put it in the notes. Great. Yes, that would be good. Um, I will definitely find it and then send it to you. So finding out for me was kind of twofold. Um, so my dad passed away in um, December when I was 20. And in June of that following year, I was um, out at the pool. We had a, a little pool out in our backyard at my parents' house. And my mom was out of town for the weekend. Um, I had a friend or two over and we were swimming. And my brother came over with his wife and kids um, and we were swimming and had sat on the back porch uh, patio area. And he had asked me or made a comment about a couple of um, items of my dad's that he had wanted, one being his wedding ring um, and another being um, his class ring. And both of those items my father had given me before he passed away. And um, we were both born in the month of October. And so he gave me his class ring because it was his birthstone. And that was also my birthstone. Um, And then he gave me his wedding ring probably a year or two before he passed away because he had gotten so thin that it didn't fit anymore. And I, um, really loved thumb rings at the time. It was, uh, like the late nineties and those were very popular. And so we had went to Case Jewelers one day to get him a new wedding ring. And he, uh, took his wedding ring off and gave it to me and it fit my thumb perfectly. And he told me just to keep it. And so I had wore it from that day on. Um, And so I had both of those pieces of jewelry and I was actually wearing the thumb ring the day that he said it, his wedding ring, that my brother had said that he had wanted it. And I said, oh, I already have his wedding ring. Um, And he gave me his class ring, you know, a long time ago too. And he was upset and frustrated um, because of that fact. And made the comment that I shouldn't get it because I wasn't his. And that was exactly how I found out um, and had never again before that ever thought any other way than these were my parents. I joked a lot when I was growing up about the age differences and how they had um, had three children and 
everything was good, but then they thought they could do a little bit better and had me and um, just really teased about being the youngest um, and how uh, they had perfected it when they finally had me. And so um, again, just blindsided. And I remember just, it felt like the air had gotten knocked out of me and he stopped right after he said it. And his wife at the time, um, her name was also Jody, and you could just see it on her face. Um, like, what did you say? And so uh, he wouldn't say any more. They ended up all leaving. And it was just a moment in time that I will never forget and wish I could all the time. Um, I remember calling my mom who was out of town, asking her and telling her that she needed to get home. Um, and then not knowing what to do after that. And so my friends that were there had left and I got in my car and I drove to target, which is where my, um, father or my dad's sister worked and I found her we went into a dressing room and I asked her and she confirmed that it was a rumor that had been said, um, but that he had always denied it and um, said that it was never going to be brought up again. And that they all just chose to honor his wishes and never say anything about it. Um, and so I left there kind of feeling like, okay, like, everybody knows about this, but me. Um, so I went to my mom's sister and confronted her and asked her, um, if she had known about it. And, um, she just tried to comfort me and tell me that I needed to talk to my mom, that there had been rumors, but a lot of it she thought was just because of the age differences. And so she came home on Sunday and really just denied it. She, um, asked if I thought she was a whore and really like turned it back on to herself. And so for the next 19 years, she denied it. Um, my sisters, um, never knew anything. Um, uh, my oldest sister that's 17 years older, um, said that it wasn't true that in her story over the 19 years, changed from time to time, which made me believe more that it was true. My brother and I, of course, did not have a very close relationship after that and would go in spouts, um, sometimes multiple years without talking. And other times, you know, he would use that anytime that there was an argument between he and I or a disagreement. And he had um, a bit of a drug problem later on. He would use that to get at me, to attack me. And so that was always a difficult situation because again, I had no confirmation except for that one sentence that he said. And so years and years would go on and I would confront my mom from time to time. And it was always, you know who your dad is. Um, you know that he loved you. Why would you ask questions like that? And so it was really such a time of lies and of gaslighting and manipulation. And then I would go through a time spans where I just felt very 
crazy um, is the best way to, to describe it is I didn't know how to feel um, if I was making all of this up in my head, if it was true. I just felt very displaced. I didn't trust people um, and could never get anybody to fully understand like where I was coming from and needing to know this information. And so that's where I would talk to my oldest sister back and forth sometimes. And I think that's where she would waver. And so um, in 2020, my mom needed to have um, a heart catheterization done. And we were all going to meet um, a couple of towns or a state over um, for her to do it all of my sisters, um, and her, and she was saying something about my brother on the phone and I got kind of frustrated, um, and had an argument with her. And I said, you know, he tells me every chance that he can, that I'm not dad's kid and that you're a liar. And yet you defend him a lot. And is it true? And she finally said that it was true. And she told me my birth father's, um, name. And so at that moment, I knew I had to be very careful in my next words to her because she is the gatekeeper of all of the information. And I knew that I had to be strategic in what I wanted to know, what information I could get from her. And if I came out with anger or bitterness instantly with her, it would be shut down and I would never receive any other information from her. And so I thanked her for telling me. And I think I asked maybe one other question that day of like, how did she know him? Um, And they had worked together at a department store for um, sometimes band, I think is what she said. Um, and that it was a quick affair, but it wasn't, um, like a one night stand. And I think after that, I just got off the phone, um, and then called my sister. That's just a few years older than me. Um, her name's Jamie and, um, cried and told her that it was true. And, Um, told her that I had already looked up the name on Facebook and found him. And I actually thought he was just like an hour away um, from where I live currently. Um, But actually he is not. Um, And so it was quite a, you know, just plethora of information. And ironically, it was also in June. So I know that that is NPE awareness. um, And both times that I found out were in June, which is just a very ironic thing to me. Mm, Yes. Um, (laughs) So you have to find humor where you can in in these situations. Right? Yes. Yeah. From there, I asked her probably on two or three other occasions, one to two questions, um, if he knew and, you know, just different things like that. Um, and so she would tell me, um, she said that he never knew. Uh, and it really confused me because with the age differences that there are between my siblings, there are 
very large age differences between my mom and dad. Um, my parents were 11 years apart, almost 12 years apart. Um, and then her and my birth father are 12 years apart. So when I was born, she was 37. My dad turned 49 or 48 the week after I was born. And my birth father turned 25 the day before I was born. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, so he is only seven years older than my oldest sibling. Um, so it's just a very interesting um, age gaps. And to have a sister that's 17 years older than you, and then he just be a few years older than her, it's been a very weird dynamic and getting to know him because uh, yes. m- my parents are old. <laughs> And, you know, like, it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting dynamic in that. Yeah. Yeah, That is really interesting and odd. Yes. (laughs) To say the least. Yes. Um, And his father is still alive and is actually either a year older than my dad or a year younger. Um, And so that's just been an oddity. um, your, Your grandpa is still alive. Your paternal Yes. Yeah. If you you call him that, if you consider him. Yeah. Um, So it's very interesting because relationship titles have been very hard for me. And um, I don't know exactly why, um, but yeah, it's just been very interesting and trying, like, um, I've met quite a bit of his family and um, they're all very nice and polite and wonderful. And very excited to get to know me. And then they'll be like, but, but I'm your aunt. And I'm like, oh, like, it's almost like this, like, uh, technically, you know, and I feel bad feeling that way, but it's just, I don't know why that's been such a, a hard jump for me for titles, but mm-hmm. you are not yeah. alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, okay. So you've, you've met him, you've contacted him somehow. How did that go? Yes. So, um, I found out in June in December, I had already had 23 of me, but didn't have any close matches. Um, and so in December I took an ancestry, um, and in January of 21, I came into work and I had opened up my work email and checked it and then opened up my, um, personal email and went to check it. And it said, that my DNA results were in. And I told myself, I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to look at it. And about three seconds later, I opened it up and looked at it (laughs) and (laughs) really held out in restraints there. Um, and saw confirmation with, uh, his last name. Um, and it was not him, but it was family members of him that were on there. And so I knew instantly And about a half an hour later, I sent him a Facebook messenger, um, message and, uh, just said, hi, like my name's Jody. I don't think that we've ever met before. Um, and then went on a little bit and said, I think that you might be, um, my biological father. And then I realized about an hour later that I hadn't said my mom's name. And so I responded again and told him that. And then I waited um, until February 13th. And it was a Saturday morning and I woke up and it was 
a Facebook messenger had a message. Um, and I remember reading it and then calling my sister, Jamie, cause I call her after every big thing and say, what did I do? Why did I message him? He messaged me back. And so he said that he didn't know, um, and was very polite in all of his messages, um, and said that he did know my mom and I am sure it was a huge shock for him. And, um, so we messaged back and forth maybe once or twice that day total. Um, and then periodically over the next couple of weeks in March, he told his wife about me and about me messaging him. And he was really great in those messages. Like he gave me all of the family health history, um, that I had asked for, um, one of my first questions was to ask him if he had any children. He and his wife have been married for quite a long time. I think they got married when I was probably like six or seven, maybe. Um, so he had not, you know, cheated on anyone or any of those kind of things. Um, he didn't have any biological children, but they had raised her son together, who's a few years older than me. Um, and so gave me, you know, just really great information like that, um, and was open and, um, he told her, and then he and I talked on the phone after that a couple of days later. And, um, I have always, I waited tables, um, and bartended when I was going through college and was always told like, you don't talk about politics or religion, um, or anything controversial like that when you're doing like you know, waiting tables or bartending. Um, and, uh, in our first conversation, I think we talked about all of those topics. And I remember even saying like, I don't think we're supposed to talk about these things. (laughs) Just sounds like fighting words. (laughs) Um, but the conversation went fairly well. Um, I mean, I think we were both nervous. Um, but again, um, just really open and, um, interested in, in getting to know me a little bit more. Um, and then he and his wife, um, flew out, um, to where I live in Kentucky and, um, came to visit for a weekend. And, um, it was such a surreal experience. I, again, can be very emotional sometimes and just thought I was going to cry like the whole time that they were here. And, I did and didn't, I didn't even cry when I first met him. Um, we looked at pictures and, um, we did a lot of looking at pictures that whole weekend. Um, and there were times that it was very hard not knowing like how to refer to like my dad or my parents or things like that to him and his wife. Um, because I wanted to be very, aware of their feelings in this. Um, my mom said that he had never known. Um, he said that he didn't know. I don't know how much of that I believe. And he knows that. Um, and I've let him know that I have a lot of trust issues. Um, apparently because of the way that I grew up. Um, but he, my mom, I was the fourth. I don't know how you couldn't tell that she was pregnant and they worked together for, um, at least six months of the pregnancy. So I 
don't believe that he didn't know that she wasn't pregnant. Um, and I think at one point he said that he didn't think that the timeline added up. So I think that he was young and that she was married and that it was an, a choice that they all made. Um, I don't know that they had the conversation to make the choice mm-hmm. um, or if it was just everybody stay silent and go on with what decisions everybody's making. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so that's fine. Um, I mean, that's what happened and I can't change it. And I, I don't know that I would want to, I think, I think God knew that I needed my dad and I got my dad just in a different way. I'm thankful for that. Um, but the weekend went very well. His wife has been very kind, um, and I can only imagine how surprising of an announcement that is. <laughs> um, and she's been very open and honest, and we've had some really great conversations. You know, like I talked to her about um, not knowing how to address my uh, my parents or my relationship with my dad in front of them, um, and she's always been very. Uh, welcoming and receiving that information and said that they're very thankful for my dad and that I had that relationship with the, with him. And yeah, just that they feel blessed that he was so close to me and that I didn't feel um, different growing up in that. And so I think that that's been really great to hear that um, and to really believe that. Um, but I thought it was really interesting Uh, It was either the first time I talked to her or the first time that I met them in person. She had said that um, she was a little worried at first because she had always been the woman in his life. And I kind of chuckled because I was like, like, I I don't know what you mean. Like, I don't want to be the woman in his life. Um, And so I can definitely see where. I think it's hard for her at times. And, um, I think that we, we, uh, her and I, and, um, him and just everybody involved, even his son, um, have to remember that this is all new to each of us. Um, and I think for me, like, I always want to say, like, if I feel like my feelings have gotten hurt or I don't know how to respond to like their family dynamics, because it's so different than my family dynamics. Um, but I feel like I always just want to shout, like I'm the innocent bystander, like, and I know that she is as well. Um, but at the same time, like, like I didn't choose this. Um, and so, yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's the comment that I always want to say is I didn't choose this. (laughs) Yes. And I know you say she's been welcoming. Yeah. But, and that's wonderful. But the comment from your birth father's wife will probably always be in your head. The, I've only, I've been the only woman in his life. That is, that would be hard to hear. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think it, it was so funny because when I first heard it, like I kind of laughed, um, because I was very honest with him. Um, when I reached out to him that I didn't know if I wanted 
any kind of contact or, you know, um, like relationship. Um, and I think it was for self-preservation and for protection on my part. Um, I didn't want to put myself out there. I didn't want to be rejected. Um, his father hasn't wanted to meet me. And I like, um, I think it's funny because like I said, I've met both of his sisters and I've met, um, I think almost all of his nieces and nephews. I think there's just one that I haven't met and they're all so welcoming and so kind. And I'm always like, whoa, like, whoa, this is a lot. (laughs) Um, and so they're like, oh, he'll, he'll come around. And I'm like, it's okay if he doesn't, like, I don't have to meet everybody. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I feel bad about that sometimes. Um, and then other times I think, again, it's just been so much and so many people, um, and such a drastic life change. Um, and I think it's interesting, the emotions that come with it, because there are times where I felt like a dirty little secret or like that I had done, like that there was some kind of like stain or tarnish on me because of this. And just having to know that that's not true. And that if people think that, that that's on them and not on me, um, that's their burden to carry and not mine. I ended up going out. So they came in, in May to visit and I went in August, um, to their summer home. Um, so they are, I guess, snowbirds. They spend six months a year in one area and six months a year in another area. Um, that's a little bit warmer. And so I went out to visit them and it was a whirlwind of a trip. Um, as soon as we landed, we went and met um, their son and daughter-in-law and their two kids um, and then drove to their house. And um, then the next day I met her sister and husband and then um, their kid, their son and his wife and kids came up um, to their house for the week. And one of his sisters and her husband flew in. Um, we went whitewater rafting and did a lot of other things. And it was just very interesting. Cause I guess I thought that they would want a little bit more one-on-one, like get to know you quality time. Um, and they, I guess just wanted to have the house full and things going on. And, Um, so it was a very interesting and overwhelming visit. Um, but it was a good visit. I think it was interesting to see their family dynamics and just the different lifestyles that we had. I wouldn't say that I grew up poor, um, but we also didn't grow up very wealthy and with my mom only being the sole income, um, and my dad having a lot of health issues, we weren't, we always had everything we needed, but we didn't always have an abundance Um, and they have a very more affluent life, um, which is great for them. And, um, I'm happy that they're able to do those things and they're both retired and, um, they still own some businesses, but I think their son runs those. And I think he's taking over the businesses and, um, they're very kind and generous. Um, you know, and the whole time I was out there, like taking care of everything and, but it's just been very interesting because, my brother told me out of 
anger because I had something that he had wanted. And so I feel like money's always been tied to this a little bit. Um, and the, the gifts that my dad had given me, I would have given away in a heartbeat if I would have had more time with him. And so, um, I've always been very intentional at being a gift giver and really thinking about somebody and thinking through, um, what they would like or what would be special to them. And I, I rack my brain over it, um, and worry about it. And so, I really worried about sending her a nice gift for her birthday and for his birthday, you know, both were before mine and not so that I would get something, you know, extravagant back or anything like that. But I sent flowers to her because who doesn't love fresh flowers? Um, and then to him, I had tried to send, you know, some of his favorite things, um, or things that I knew that he might enjoy. Um, And again, his birthday is the day before mine. So I called him and we talked and then I had gotten my gifts from them for my birthday. And she had actually, she's really um, a very talented quilter. She had made me this really cool little like casserole pie carrier and had made it with material that she had bought while she was visiting me. So we were together at the fabric store. And so it was very sentimental and kind. And he didn't even sign the card. Um, He sent me a text message on my birthday and it took me a couple of months to finally say something to him about it. And he was like, well, we had talked the day before. And I was like, yeah, but like, you didn't know me for 40 birthdays. Like I, to me, I just would have assumed that he would want to call me on my birthday. Yeah. Um, And so that really threw me. And then for Christmas, he didn't send me any gifts. Um, She had picked them out. And a lot of my friends had tried to tell me that um, a lot of husbands or dads don't buy gifts. Um, But that, again, just wasn't the way that I was brought up. My dad always bought us gifts from him and then gifts from him and my mom. Um, And so he always made sure that there was a special gift that was just from him that he had picked out. And my brother-in-laws do the same thing for my nieces and nephews. And so to me, it was just um, so foreign that he wouldn't have wanted to pick something out special for me. Um, And she had sent me a few items that she had hoped that I really liked. But um, it was just interesting because I think there were some really nice items that I think she really liked, um, but just don't fit into my life per se. Um, and then there was one that she had gifted me, um, from a trip that they had been on, um, eight or nine years before. And so that felt very, um, confusing in that gift, um, of just like, why was that special to me? Um, and again, I think I put way too much emphasis when I'm picking out a gift and making sure that they're going to be able to use it or enjoy it, or it'll fit their, their life. Um, and so I had put a lot of pressure on myself. So it was very confusing. And I thought it was interesting because I had met them or talked to him in February and then, I, I knew that I didn't, 
I wasn't ready to spend holidays with them and they didn't ask me. And I was happy that there wasn't that awkward conversation. But then at the same time, they had been on a a long vacation right before the holidays. And they kept saying that they would call as they were driving um, back up to their summer home to meet their son for the holidays. And they kept putting it off and not calling me or forgetting or getting busy. And um, so I didn't really talk to them until like midday on Christmas. And I think by that point, like I had um, just really worked myself up into overthinking that I was an inconvenience or um, a second thought. It just felt like a very awkward conversation. Um, And then he apologized a a little bit later, just saying that he wasn't um, much of a Christmas person um, and that he hoped I didn't take it personally. And so um, I think it's been interesting because I've been very cautious. I'm worrying about taking things personally and overthinking things, but I'm afraid to say things to them in fear that it will upset them and harm the relationship. And so I tend to um, just internalize it and overthink it and then not know where I stand in our relationship. And so um, I'm trying to figure out that process right now. Um, I, I was invited out to their um, summer home or well, their winter home it would be, it would feel like summer for me. (laughs) Um, and I didn't end up going, um, but they are coming to visit his sister that lives about an hour away from me in June. Um, and so I've asked them to come and meet my sister and her husband, because that's really important to me that they meet some people in my family. Um, and then I'll probably go spend a day with them, um, at his sister's house. And I think, you know, some of his family will be there. So I'm sure I'll meet some, some more people, um, and try to figure out our relationship and what that's going to look like going forward. And this is something I hear so many times with other NPEs is, you know, you're meeting someone new as an adult and you're treading mm-hmm. so cautiously. And Jody, you sound like a very like thoughtful, considerate person who's incredibly respectful of, them and their family dynamics. But I think it's okay to have feelings like your feeling of not being necessarily considered on certain holidays and being, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but feeling like an afterthought or perhaps unspecial with, you know, not being necessarily considered with um, being called or, or being included in the family holidays. That is such a hard new dynamic to, to work around. And that's, um, yeah, you feel like you can't just be your authentic self and tell someone this is how I feel. And this hurts my feelings. And this felt strange or, or whatever your feelings were. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, it's been such an interesting because I think on, in my family, I'm so vocal about that stuff. Like if, and I, I think almost sometimes to the negative, like, I'm like, oh, I didn't like that. You know, like, I'm just so like open and honest with them and um, with my family. And I feel comfortable with that. And for some reason, I just have not 
felt that way with them. And I think it's just that fear factor of knowing that at any moment they can say, I'm out, I'm done. At any moment I could say, I'm out, I'm done. Um, And not knowing how to navigate that and have those conversations. I was actually really proud of myself for the visit that they have coming up in June um, because it was just kind of, I I hate to use the word insinuated, but like that I would just go there um, to his sisters and I'm happy to have, I've met up with her multiple times because she is so close, but it was really important that he meet my sister that I'm so close with. Um, And so I had talked to his wife about that and then they were going to talk and get back to me. And then I felt like it was really important for me to say that to him, because I think anytime that there has been a hard conversation, I've started it off with her. Um, and so I sent him an email and just said, this is what I need. This is what like I would like, and I hope that you can meet that. Um, and so I am making baby steps in that. And I think I'm trying to get more comfortable in letting them know, like my needs or my expectations and overcome that fear factor of, oh, I can't say that. What if I offend them? Um, but yeah, I have to remember that, you know, I'm offended sometimes and that my feelings count too. And so, and it's just being, yeah, just being mindful too, that like there's emotions and it's okay to feel them, but it's not okay just to stay in them all the time. And I don't have to live in that trauma, um, or, heartache of this process all the time. Like I can have happiness and joy and, um, enjoy life and not have to stress about, you know, the dynamic of the relationship and allowing myself to, you know, um, if I get too stressed out about what are we going to talk about when I call, I just don't call. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, that's yeah, it's all right. Mm -hmm. Um, and just giving myself those allowances. Um, and I will say a lot of that is because I did a year of therapy and it was wonderful, um, and much needed. And, um, I've listened to every single one of your podcasts and heard everybody's stories and it's helped me. Um, and then whenever I'm really lost, I'll go to the Facebook group and type in, you know, just my thoughts or frustrations. And it's so great to hear other people that are going, I I hate it for them that they're going through the same things, but then knowing that you're not the only one going through it. Yep. Yeah. I feel like I'm in the sisterhood of nodding heads right now because I've been like nodding along with you a lot, a lot with how you describe so well the the new dynamics you are dealing with. And to confirm, is your bio father, not that this matters, but but did you say your bio father and his, your birth father and his wife, um, is that his biological child, their son? No, it is not. Okay. Yeah. So you're so, his only, you are his only biological child. Yes. Yes, I am. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a big deal. I mean, not, you know, not to discount his, his son, of course, who he considers his son, but. Right. Yeah. No, that, yeah. It's another interesting dynamic in that too, um, because I would have been the first grandchild on that side of the family. Oh, wow. Um, where on my side of the, you know, and um, both my dad and my mom um, came from pretty large families. And um, I was 
I think almost the last grandchild on both sides of those Mm. families. And so there was, I know there's like 22 or 23 of us grandkids on my mom's side and, you know, pretty close on my dad's side to that, you know, like high number, but so it's just an interesting dynamic to think of like how different that would have been. Um, Oh yeah. You know, to have those interactions and those kind of things. Cause I, I, like I said earlier, I've been an aunt since I was five. Like I remember having that first niece and seeing all of that attention that she got, you know, um, and, um, experiencing that in such a young part of my life. Um, and yeah, even now just having, you know, siblings that are so much older, they're all grandparents. Um, and I am single and have no children. And so it's just interesting to see how like your position and, um, your family with siblings and your position and even just like grandkids and things like that, like how that differs from family to family and what that could have looked like. How many of your siblings knew you were an NPE? Cause your brother threw the bombshell on you, you know, two right. years ago. Did anyone else know? So the two oldest knew, um, my sister that was 17 years older and then my brother, um, because they were 17 and 13. Um, so I think both of them knew, but didn't know all of the details. Um, my birth father goes by a nickname. Um, and so my sister knew his nickname. Um, but, uh, that was about all that she knew. Mm-hmm. And so, and then I don't think my brother ever knew his name. Both of my sisters and all of my nieces and nephews know that I know, and then I've met him. Um, I haven't, and I won't ever have that conversation with my brother. Um, I don't owe it to him. And, um, I was very adamant in telling all of my nieces and nephews, um, I wanted it to come from me um, because I wanted to be the author of that story. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's been something that was very important to me. And so I called each one of them up individually and talked about it. Um, and again, I'm very close in age with a lot of them. And so it was, it was very interesting um, in their responses because every single one of them were so warm and loving in it. And I was, I think I was honestly worried that I was going to be treated different. And the only way I was treated different was, um, just the support, um, that I received in that. And so it was, it was really actually, uh, such a great experience to get to tell them and to, to hear the comfort and, um, support and hope that they had for me in this, um, new, new life. And how is your relationship with your mom? Do you want to touch on where that's at today? Yeah. Um, so, uh, again, my mom and I have never had a great relationship. Um, I will call her every week. Uh, we have a standing phone call on Thursdays. Um, and that conversation sometimes has not happened on Thursdays. Um, for the longest time, she didn't want to know anything and I didn't tell her anything. And then, um, we finally had a conversation where she owned it and apologized. Um, Mm. and it was really helpful and it, it really helped me to forgive her. I think there are still days that I have to continue to forgive her. Um, but I don't think that she understood 
the lifelong um, trauma um, and just um, weight that was put on me by this and onto my siblings, you know, I mean, for the, the older two to have to hold that secret. Um, my dad always knew that I wasn't his, um, and they felt like it was his dying wish for me not to know. Um, and so I think he just never wanted me to feel, um, unloved or not his. And that's the reason why he didn't want me to know. I think if he knew that I had been told, he would have always told me the truth after that. Um, but just reiterated that I was his, that it just wasn't biologically. Jody, if people wanted to contact you, could they do that? Yes. Um, my email is Jody, J-O-D-I-E-R-08 at gmail.com. Jody, thank you so much for sharing your story today. I mean, I was nodding along like crazy this whole time. Um, whenever I hear another person that has similar dynamics, I'm just like, yep. And and the way you described how it felt, um, yeah, you were, you were so clear. So thank you so much for sharing your story and where you're at today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.